When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Orange and blue sunset in mile high here in Broncos country. Let's get ready to ride. Russ and the rest are gonna light up the sky. Tell the class what you said about one minute ago. No, see, I, this is, I was so happy I didn't say it on camera. It was I misphrased something that made it sound like I was doing something that I don't do. And sounds like you were doing a lot of things uh, that no, you don't do. Maybe no. I had a great time at the Nuggets victory parade, and we're gonna leave it at that because everybody had a good time there. It's very it's true. A very it's, normal good time. Did you have a very good time today at Broncos practice? I think I'm still sweating from it. Honestly, no. See, and I was so confused all practice. I was like, why is why does it feel so hot today? Like, it doesn't make sense. Like, it's been hot every day. The weather didn't seem all that different. Then I realized, well, actually, I was told. It was uh, Parker Gabriel. I almost called him Peter. Uh, Parker Gabriel from the Denver Post <laughs> was like, yeah, actually, uh, the practice is starting at, like, noon now. So it's, like, two hours later. I was like, well, of course. That makes sense. You now it's two together? hours hotter. No, of course not. That's wow. not my cup of tea. All I know is it was hot. I was disgusting. Like, it was embarrassing. But, yeah, I'm happy to be out of the sun. It was embarrassing to be around him. Sorry about the smell in here, Todd, with uh, with Henry in here. <laughs> um, Henry's going to help you with betting this season. Can you help him with, like, understanding when the hottest time of the day is? Yep, I got him. Yep, no doubt. right on. I got a sundial. Tips. I think I got a sundial at the house, too. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, sundial. We can work. That uh, wasn't the time of 40, was it? No, no, uh, okay. not that slow. Okay. <laughs> it wasn't that. It no, wasn't that, that was a shot at Henry, not you. What was your 40? Was it... Don't was need, it four eight Listen, four? we talk about a lot of stuff on the pod. I don't know if that's one of Just the Just tell, me, tell me when I'm like starting to warmer colder. You know? four, 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 five. Four five, four five five. Yep, those are all four, numbers. Four, six, <laughs> those are oh, all yeah. numbers. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I wonder what do you do you think your forty time is similar to what it was when you came out of college now? Like how far off? Um right now? I bet you I bet you I ran faster because remember I was two fifty. That's right. I was probably yeah, like yeah. My, that was probably the slowest I was in my career. It's a bad time. So for I feel it. like right now I probably could beat my forty times. Right now, yeah. Wow. I wow. Do. Dang. It, were you? Did you want to come out at that size, or uh, like were you told that that's a good size to come out in? Well, you know, just I think the thought process of a young kid at a small school, like wow. you just feel like you're kind of so far away, and everybody is bigger, stronger, and faster. Yeah. So. 
you know, you look up two linebackers and they're 250. So you're like, yeah, oh, I got to yeah, be 250. Yeah, yeah. Ray Lewis was playing at like, <laughs> yeah. you know, two seat, whatever he was playing at. That's what you think everybody is. Mm -hmm. right. And it's not until you get here and you look around the room and like, why am I this big? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. nobody else is 250. Let me go ahead and trim it off. But it's just the mindset coming sure. up, not not being there, not really having any guys that you've known have made it. Right. So you can't really know right. what they look like. So mm -hmm. just the mindset. It is a different world at small schools. Mm -hmm. And obviously like, we have a little bit different perspectives because you actually played there and I just watched. Um, <laughs> but but those guys, like, it is, it's not similar. Like, going from there to covering CU, I guess parts of it, like, the recruiting process, at least you're in California, like, some of that's similar to, to like, big schools. It's the same guys. But but you go up and grow up in Montana, it's like, well, this guy seems like he's awesome. Like, he's going to be sick at the next level. Like, look at him. Uh -huh. And then you come out here, and it's like, yeah, Spano's kids getting, like, laser-timed 40-yard dashes <laughs> is, like, a 10-year-old. Yeah. So, like, there's there's that sort of thing. And then even through college, like, it's just a different, a different game. I don't know. Yeah. I would say, like, you know, of course you have guys that really stand out at the next level, like D1. But the difference between D1, D D1AA, and D2 is just the linemen. I feel like really there's a oh. lot of skilled players that can play like a Cooper Cup. There's guys that can play yeah. wide receiver or running back, but mm -hmm. those bodies, those Alabama, Clemson, those type of, you know, it's six, crazy. six, three hundred and fifty pounders, like that's what you don't have on yeah. those other levels. It seems like with FCS, there's always just like there's like one thing that, that makes you go FCS instead of FBS. And it's like, oh yeah, you're an awesome receiver. You're also like five foot nine. So we can't we just can't do it. Or like you're you're a great receiver, but you run like a, a Ford seven or whatever at that point. So at least you can't have it. So there's always just that one thing, but you still wind up with guys who can play. Yeah. Did you just say four seven slow? For a receiver. Okay, there you go. <laughs> Save yourself. Uh, it, actually, this is uh, we weren't planning on talking about this, but what was your draft process like from uh when did it start for you training for the draft? Was it January? Yeah, because I, a lot of guys that go to big schools, they just there's like a natural uh, training facility you go to, and yeah. there's a lot of agents picking you up and give funding you through that process. Yeah, I have to imagine it's a little different coming from Sacramento State, right? Yeah, it was definitely different. I had really one agent reach out, and I ended up signing with him. Um, I ended up training in like Long Beach, California. Um, Not bad. Not bad. Nice, right by the water. Um, so it was a good training facility, but it was a lot of me doing it by myself. It was a lot of me like mm -hmm. getting extra work and, and working with some friends that I had that were coming out with me from the same small schools, but yeah. we all just kind of did it together. Didn't really have like, you know, a whole boatload of funding um, yeah. on the front end. So uh, yeah, it was just on my own dime a lot. Um, yeah. I think it worked out. That's but, a uh, show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you yeah. invested in yourself. Yep. And sometimes, and I'm sure, especially for for small school players, a lot of times that doesn't work out. But it's just the the idea of chasing the dream. Yep. And then if you hit on that investment, which especially for guys in your in your position is a long shot. Yep. But if you hit, I mean, you hit probably more than like anyone else in your position does. Yeah, I feel like I had to bet on myself. And I always felt like I would make it. I always felt like my story was just a little bit different. Like even going to a small school, I just felt like, you know, that just made my story more interesting. It didn't mm -hmm. necessarily change my trajectory. So I always felt like I could make it to the league. So even all the different down points within my life, I always knew that I would make it. I don't know where I felt yeah. like that confidence yeah. from, mm -hmm. but I just always felt like I would somehow, some way. You were right. Yeah, you were right. Was there like one agent who took like all the Sacramento State guys? Um, because sometimes small schools have that where there's exactly, like the one agent. just the one guy. Yeah. No, no, okay. my first agent was a guy named Derek who was also like Steve Smith's agent. So that's a good one. Yeah, wow. he actually was like a, ni a nice size agent, yeah. but he was really the only guy to, that reached out. Huh. But 
They ended up working out. Yeah, definitely. That, that definitely worked out. Um, what I was thinking of last night with, you know, seeing thousand or over a thousand guys get cut and a lot of guys that haven't even been in the league yet. Mm -hmm. And I was just thinking how brutal, not just yesterday is for those guys, mm -hmm. but how brutal the next 24 hours is, yeah. the next week, the next month, the next six months. And I thought about you and how uh, that is so refreshing and must be so nice to not have to worry about being unemployed for a month. And if you can end your career on your own terms, mm -hmm. how nice that is, because mm -hmm. there's probably hundreds of these thousands a thousand guys that were cut that are probably going to still try and keep that dream alive and be paying a trainer out of their own pocket mm -hmm. for the next month yep. four months six months and it just what time do you realize like okay i gotta go a different route right now and just how heartbreaking and tough that must be and i thought about you how maybe it didn't end how exactly how you wanted mm -hmm. but at least you got to say okay I, i'm retiring and i'm not gonna try this for you know six months just waiting for someone to call yeah i, d I definitely wanted to go out on my own, t own terms like that was big for me my entire career i just said no matter what i didn't want to bounce around from team to team playing one year one year one year to get to like 10. i wanted to like have a solid career and then when it was time for me to call it do it on my own terms yeah. Um, so I feel like I was able to accomplish at least that. But it's tough for those guys because my biggest thing is, like, I didn't want to go back home. Like, once your yeah. your mom talks to her <laughs> friends, everybody in the city knows, like, what you're doing yeah. and how you're doing <laughs> or whatever's going on. Huh. And, like, I just didn't want to show up at church on Sunday, like, one week after cuts and everybody's right. like, oh, well, well, you know, they gotta, like, <laughs> yeah, they're acting too. like they're happy to have me back. Uh, but really, right. like, he didn't make it. Yeah. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. And I didn't want to have that, so. Huh. I was not going to go back home no matter what. No. And you see some guys like Alex Singleton, small school, yeah. uh, guy by the name of DeAndre Carter, who played at Sac State mm -hmm. with me. Maybe they go to oh, CFL yeah. for a couple years, and right. then they end up making a big name for themselves. Like Alex Singleton is a starter. DeAndre is a starter over at the Raiders. Like, mm -hmm. there's other ways if you want to keep the dream alive. So sure. if, you, if you have a hope and a dream, don't give up on yourself, man. Mm -hmm. Keep working hard um, and find a way. It's nice that there is that XFL and, like, the USFL yep. now. Because before, there wasn't. Like, I guess you still have the CFL, but that was kind of the only option. So at least there are more jobs out there for those guys. Ben DiNucci. Ben DiNucci, XFL legend. Yeah. The other thing is, when you get to retire on your own ter terms instead of bouncing around, it's a much easier to just remember you as a Bronco. Mm -hmm. Like, if you, had, if you had gone to, like, three other teams, then that doesn't really get forgotten. But, like, if it's the Raiders, then all of a sudden it's like, Ooh. yeah, I kind of hated Todd for that one year. Or uh -huh. Like, you know, even if you're playing like the Vikings that season, if the Vikings play the Broncos, you wind up with a pick in the fourth quarter. People are like, yeah, I love Todd. Except for that one thing. Like, you're just a Bronco. Like, you get to be remembered for all the things that you did here, which is nice. You talked about after that year in Minnesota, you came back because your family was still living here, right? Uh -huh. Or you still had the house here. Um, and that the Broncos called you a couple of times. Mm -hmm. and, and you were you were close to coming back, but the contract just wasn't there. What would it have taken... <laughs> for you to sign with the Raiders because Ooh. you've said how much you hate them <laughs> like would it just had to have been a, like an overpay on top of what you already wanted yeah they would have to give me a lot of bread <laughs> at that point I just yeah for sure uh maybe double my salary I'm for sure <laughs> would have thought about it um yeah yeah, I did it yeah. For double. you'd have to lean in 
Like, you just have to be like, okay, I'm like a bad guy now. Yeah. Like, this is just me being a villain for the next year. I'm I just would like money. wear no gear except right. for the game day. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. No yeah. Gear <laughs> except for the day of the game. Well, and then when you when you retire after that year, you play it good to the Broncos because you're like, no, I just took, uh, you know, double their salary cap. Uh-huh. Uh, so Broncos fans, oh, you can yeah. embrace me. You can thank me for taking a lot of their money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Miss some tackles for us. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like, maybe exactly. say your knee hurts a little bit. Guys yeah. sit out this week. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, that's just a little roster building. The Broncos have been doing a lot of roster building over the past 24 hours. Have. What's the biggest takeaway from the initial roster that you saw and some of the moves the Broncos have made? It, honestly, I feel like, you know, they're trying to put together the best team they can. I wouldn't say they made any moves that I thought were not smart. So mm-hmm. I feel like they're doing a good job with putting pieces of the puzzle together. I know we talked about the tight ends yesterday, how they're all, they're similar, but they all have different things that they do well that can aid the Broncos in their offense. And I think they're kind of putting each piece of the team together in that way. That is true. I hadn't thought of that. And I think it's because we just assumed that it's like the Broncos are trying to win now. Sean Payton, he's not going to like tank for a year, try to save money or whatever, but there are some teams in some situations that would have like, say, say Josie Jewell, save 5 million bucks. If you move on from him, give Drew Sanders more snaps some teams might have looked at that. You know, Mike Purcell, same thing. He's an important piece of that defensive line. You save three and a half, four million bucks if you move on from him, but you obviously lose his presence. Mm-hmm. And so I do think that, that is just in a, in a broad sense, they didn't cut anybody just for money or just to clear space for young guys. Like it really was, we want the best 53 guys that we can get. And they went and they did it regardless of what position they played. Yeah, know? and one of those players that they could have saved that money with is is a Kareem Jackson. Yeah, Kareem. Especially when you look at the safety room, mm-hmm. there's six of them. Yep. So now a couple of those guys are probably going to go on short-term IR, but you're absolutely right, Henry, that they did not make those decisions, and you kind of expected that when mm-hmm. Sean Payton got here, mm-hmm. that there wasn't going to be any of these last-minute cuts to save, not even cap space, but to save cash. We've yep. seen that with the Broncos in the past, where they mm-hmm. cut someone mm-hmm. to save some cash. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and with this new ownership, that wasn't going to happen. With Sean Payton, it wasn't going to happen. And then especially after we see them go out and spend $250 million in free agency, mm-hmm. there was never going to be moves to save money or cap space. It's all about, it's not about winning the Super Bowl this year, uh-huh. but it's all about stacking mm-hmm. up to get there as soon as possible. Definitely. Um, other biggest takeaway to me also You've got four undrafted free agents. Yeah. First time since 1997. That is... For any team or the Broncos? For the Broncos. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm over the moon about it. Like, those are those are the guys who, like, you spend, like, three weeks looking through the guys they actually draft, and you're just like, okay, here's what Jail Skinner is. Here's what Forsyth is. And you're like, okay, time to finally dig in into, like, these 20 guys, see what they got. It paid off. Mm-hmm. Those guys, there's four of them actually making the team, and it's going to be awesome. I mean... Julio McLaughlin, everybody's already in love with him. Like, he's the fun new rookie running back. He's like, people just love the undersized running back in the first place. Like, the quick guys (laughs) who just get up to top speed quickly, the home run hitters. Um, But then you get Nate Adkins. You've got Alex Palshevsky. You've got Thomas Incombe. Like, those are four guys who could turn out to be real studs. And the fact that they were willing to keep all four. I think is awesome. So we've talked about three of those guys pretty extensively, but the guy we haven't talked about the most is Thomas Incoon, and he is a guy who was actually given the most guaranteed money by the Broncos, I believe $200,000, so they essentially guaranteed his his practice squad spot. Um, What do we need to know about him, Hank? 
So he he was another FCS guy. Started at Valdosta State. Shout um, out to Valdosta State. <laughs> I think I think Sean may have like a a love thing with Valdosta State because remember I talked about the D two guys um, that were on my team yep. at Saints. They yeah. were they were both from Valdosta State. That that was wow. that is D two, isn't it? It's not yeah. FCS. It yeah, D2. where that is D two? Georgia. Valdosta. Okay. Valdosta, Georgia. Yeah. Valdosta, Georgia. <laughs> Thanks, Henry. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate welcome. your actual help, Todd. Yep. <laughs> um, obviously, things went well there. Won a bunch of awards. Um, I just pulled it up. He uh, he transferred to Central Michigan, finished seventh in the FCS um, last season. 18 and a half tackles for loss. You love that. The sacks, 11 and a half. That's uh, third in the country. Um, I believe, so he's... He's actually him and Marcus Haynes, who made it to the practice squad, very similar in a lot of ways. Kind of your undersized uh, pass rushers, um, I guess. And two sixty-two is obviously big for pass rusher, but mm-hmm. six foot two, not your your kind of lanky edge rusher, and that's why he didn't get drafted. But more so, your bully ball. He just finds a way to get to the quarterback. It's like his second rush. He's, he doesn't really have the spin move, the technique. Like there's a lot of those sorts of things that you clean up, but he just was so big and strong that he was able to overpower tackles, get to the quarterback, and that's where his production came from. So the idea is you polish him up a little bit, and all of a sudden you start give him, giving him a bit more of an arsenal than just a bull rush, and who knows, maybe he turns into a Shaq Barrett, for example, yeah. who was or even Elvis a little bit smaller. Doorville. Elvis yeah. Dumb- oh, yeah. That'd yeah. be incredible. Yeah, that would. That, wouldn't that be nice? And yeah. then probably for this year... Why he's not on the practice squad to develop is because of special teams and just how big of a role that is on this team. Absolutely. I mean, that's that's why he was able to beat out Aaron Patrick. I mean, mm-hmm. if you don't prove anything there, Aaron Patrick's one of those guys that you just look at and you're just like, oh my goodness. I he wears he number is. 94 and he looks like DeMarcus Ware. Yeah, in terms exactly. of like his, like his he's stature. Just built that way. Like you see him without a uniform walking around. It's like, holy cow. How is this? not? Did you play with him? Aaron Patrick? No, I don't, I don't think so. I don't think he must have started on practice squad the year after, because that that would make sense. He's another FCS guy, um, but that's how he made the roster last year. Our training camp is special teams, and they must think that Incum can can do enough to to hold down some sort of role on special teams, and he made the roster. I was I was a little I can't say surprised, but I thought Marcus Haynes was right there with him. I thought both those two undrafted guys were pretty much on level footing based on what we'd seen in training camp in the preseason. But obviously Incum gets more money coming in. Maybe they, they started out seeing him as just a little bit more talented, brighter future, something like that. Um, but that's, what's up there. Is it fair to say that the wide receiver position typically is, has the most players on it among any uh, position on the team. It's, it's typically mm-hmm. up there, right? Mm-hmm. If it's not yeah. the most, it's one of the most. Yep. Corners can be up there. Outside linebackers could be up mm-hmm. there. But, but typically receivers, yeah. six or seven. Yeah. And like five if you're getting dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> My biggest takeaway is that they only have four mm-hmm. receivers yeah. on the active roster, and only three of them are healthy right now. And today we still haven't seen any moves to bring yeah. receivers onto the active roster. So I want to know what they're going to do. How are they going to do that? They're just going to run the rock and we can break down some of the guys that the Broncos have brought in on their practice squad. Mm -hmm. But to me, it's like Sean Payton's told us all off season that he's going to run the ball Uh and that this is going to be a running team. Is this like the ultimate sign that, yeah, we don't really need that many receivers. We don't need healthy receivers because we're just going to run the ball. And I want your opinion on that after I tell you about our friends Uh over at athletic greens, (laughs) because Jerry Judy coming back from an injury, if the Broncos want him healthy, 
Athletic Greens could probably help. Yeah, uh, because that would be it, the answer. Yes, it, it could be if that hamstring gets some mm-hmm. 75 vitamins and minerals in there, some probiotics. Yeah. One of those probiotics must be a hamstring help. fixer. I think so, yeah. yeah probably hammy. one of the 75. Yeah, fixer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the hammy fixer uh, vitamin that's in Athletic <laughs> Greens. Uh, seriously, Athletic Greens does just get you so Ooh. many good things to start your day. Belly? I know it's not belly. like it's not seen as like a muscle, but but it is. It does have like the Y on the end. It's like one of, one of the few cute names. Oh, uh, what do you? Oh, Hammy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I thought you were just talking about Quinn Miners again. <laughs> no, I'm down though. If you want, <laughs> I know you're down. I know you're down. Uh, and you should be down for Athletic Green Center or yes. AG One, I should say. And if you want to get hooked up with AG One, it's only going to cost you less than a cup of coffee a day, and it's going to be packed with so many nutrients and vitamins and you can get one free year supply of vitamin d and five free ag1 travel packs with your first purchase go to drinkag1.com slash broncos that's drinkag1.com slash broncos to get that free year supply of vitamin d and free ag1 travel packs so check them out and if you're eating your athletic greens and ready to hit the green uh, check out Broken Tea mm, using code DNVR10 yeah. for 10% off of your rounds. Broken Tea is the coolest golf course and has the best vibes. It has an award-winning practice facility, 27 holes, 18-hole championship course, and a challenging, challenging three-part course. Um, the, pro, the pro shop is stacked full of sick gear. Wall-to-wall, you can't miss it. It has a great restaurant. Um, it has a charity tournament coming up on Friday, September 22nd. Broken Tea is a place to be. I know we have been trying to get in there ourselves, so yep. check out Broken Tea using code DNVR10 for 10% off your rounds. Broken Tea is the place to be. Wow. I like that. That's yeah. nice. And uh, the Broncos wide receiver room is not a place to be if you're a wide receiver, apparently. Um, yeah. I was shocked that there were only four wide receivers on this team mm-hmm. because there were a couple easy candidates just to keep on the team, like mm-hmm. Kendall Hinton. I thought mm-hmm. could have been an easy candidate just to have on the team as your fifth receiver. And then after they moved on from him, it's like, okay, well, little Jordan Humphrey has had a really good couple of weeks of training camp and preseason. He just caught four passes on four targets mm-hmm. this past game. Uh, he's probably your fifth receiver. And then if you want, you can keep Marquez Callaway for a sixth receiver too. Like, boom, there you go. You're, you feel good enough about it after losing Tim Patrick. No. Sean said, no, we're only no. going to keep four. And Jerry Judy is supposed to be missing weeks of this season still is this a good sign about jerry being ready for week one is it sean just thinking he's sean payton and he doesn't really need receivers i think i think it's going to be a trend i think that because of the way the rules work now it's like sean payton said today you know it's not really a 53-man roster anymore you get 69 players but you only get to protect 53 Mm -hmm. you know because you get to play guys on the practice squad three weeks out of the season if you want you say little jordan humphrey yeah, you were good in the preseason, but you didn't do enough that teams are going to be falling over trying to find a way to get you onto their roster. I mean, he was he was a free agent for the second half of last season. Anybody had a chance to bring him in, so why not just say put him on the practice squad, let him let him play the first three games, let him play week one, week two, week three, and after that, say we'll we'll find somebody else who is either going on IR or we'll just cut somebody or we'll say, well, Jordan, thanks for what you did, but Jerry's back now, and now we don't need you. And I think that every team winds up with probably eight or nine receivers that that at least to us as media we say wow he's he he has a chance he'd be nice to keep around you know this year you have taylor grimes you have kendall hinton you have little jordan humphrey you have marcus calloway but because every team has so many receivers 
nobody's really going out of their way to poach other teams' receivers off of waivers. Mm-hmm. So just put them on waivers or cut them or whatever. Put them on the practice squad where they're safe. And if you're a little Jordan Humphrey, you're not signing anywhere else because you still get your game check if you wind up playing week one. And they told him, you're playing week one. So I think this is going to be a trend, not just for the Broncos, but across the NFL, because it just makes sense. Take advantage of the new practice squad rule. Does, yeah. it, does it feel like Sean's leading that trend? It, I mean, four receivers... Three receivers, if you want to count them that way. I think that, that points that way. Who else? There's another team that's short on receivers. The Colts only have three receivers. Mm. Yeah. And they don't have Jonathan Taylor back either. They, They've got a rookie quarterback. Yeah. That's tough. Yeah. I wonder if that quarterback... Maybe that's a perk of having a rookie quarterback. Makes them kind of look not so good in training camp and practice. They're not going to get poached. Put them on the practice squad. The rookie receivers? Or the, the receivers? Uh, the Any receiver. Right. It's not like they're going to put up big numbers. Right. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. It's got a rookie quarterback. I agree with that. I think it's you know the trend, but also it's what Sean Payton does. I think he's going to mm-hmm. run a lot of different sets that only require maybe one or two tight, uh, wide receivers at times. Yeah. He's going to run 12 personnel, 13 personnel, 22 personnel, two running backs, two tight ends. Um, he's going to have a lot of different mm-hmm. groups out there. So I think his wide receiver use will be limited. Um, it'll give time for Jerry to come back and be healthy, yep. but also be able to pull somebody up from practice squad if he needs it. Um, I think he has a lot of tools in his toolbox to not really, he won't feel like they're missing players, even though missing Jerry is going to be a huge, huge loss. I think he'll find ways to get the best players on the field. So, yeah. Henry, you've mentioned uh, uh, Lil Jordan Humphrey potentially mm-hmm. being that guy that's playing week one, uh, and, and I don't disagree with you, but now there's a little competition on the practice squad yeah. with Lil Jordan Humphrey. The Broncos signed former first-round pick. Todd, you know how first-round picks just continue to get opportunities. Yeah, all the time. <laughs> Philip Dorsett, wide receiver, mm-hmm. was drafted by the Colts, and he has bounced around teams left and right in the past two years. He's been on four different teams. Last year, he was with the Texans, played in 15 games, caught 20 passes for 250. 57 yards and then the Broncos also signed David Sills uh, who spent time last year with the Giants these are both veteran guys that Mm kind of like Mm little Jordan Humphrey uh, have some experience in the NFL are either of these guys guys that that either of you think can come in and have an impact on this team um I'm not sure you know Mm -hmm. you know how I feel about first rounders (laughs) I feel like a lot of time they flop you know the undrafted guys four of them made the team this year you know how that goes um and I don't know, man. I think, I don't know. He's going to get a lot of chances as a first rounder. I'd be interested to see what he does here. Um, but I wouldn't look for him to come in and make any like crazy big splashes right off the bat. Um, Maybe may need some time for a learning curve. I don't know really, really what the hangup is. I think every first rounder who doesn't really make it has some kind of hangup. Mm. I think yeah. we have to figure out what it is and if it can be corrected here. And the reason he was a first rounder is he ran a 4-3-3, which we don't know for sure, but it's probably faster than Todd. He hasn't given us the number. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Maybe. Okay. Um, but yeah, so 4-3-3, like he's a burner. He wants to get downfield. Um, I imagine little Jordan Humphrey is going to have the bigger role week one. He's mm-hmm. been here in camp. He knows the offense. But because Dorsett's a speed guy, all you're probably really asking him to do, especially assuming there's some limitations since he hasn't been the most productive throughout his career, you're just asking him to run straight down the field, maybe run some posts, whatever else. And, and that can be pretty simple to learn. In my mind... That's probably those are the areas where I think Marvin Mims is going to be good. Mm -hmm. Anything on top of that is kind of gravy to me. You know, if he's if he's good on like the 12 yard digs coming across the field, he's making the slants like the double moves, whatever underneath. That's all great. And if he starts to do that stuff, then you say, well, now we might want like a pure speed guy so we can ask Mims to do some different things. Um, I think Dorsett is like a. He's 
as of right now, week one, probably like your fifth receiver on the roster. Probably don't give him a uniform. Um, but depending on how things play out throughout the season, it might be nice to just have a pure speed guy who you can throw in there. How long can a speed receiver be a speed receiver? Because he's 30 years old now. Yeah. And when Sean was asked about him, that's exactly what he said. He said, oh, he brings speed. Yep. How how long does a speed receiver truly bring speed? Man, I well, 30's not old. I think you gotta, <laughs> you gotta get past that in the NFL, man. Every time you turn 30, they're ready to get you out it's of true. there. It's uh, true. But, I mean, Deshaun Jackson did it for years. Yeah. He yeah. was well over 30, still providing speed. So, yep. you know, it just depends. I think, you know, there's a lot of old players that still claim they can run four fours, four fives. <laughs> so maybe you don't lose your speed for a little time. Maybe the claiming part is key. That's the key yeah, word though. Yeah. They claim yeah. they do. Um, <laughs> and I just feel like we see this every year, probably every team sees this every year where a bigger name or a bigger draft pick, former draft pick comes in and players are like, I've heard of that name uh -huh. or, or, or fans are like, I've heard of that mm -hmm. name. Uh, that That's a big signing. Two weeks later, they're gone. Yep. Uh, and so I just, there's probably a reason that Philip Dorsett was cut by the Raiders. Couldn't you make the Raiders? Uh -huh. um, and there's a reason why he signed to the Broncos practice squad. So I really think that it's going to be Marvin Mims, Cortland Sutton, mm -hmm. Brandon Johnson. It's going to be those three. And you just really hope that none of them get injured. Nah, I'm touching wood for that because that is, uh, that's just going to be so key. And I think it's really going to be Marvin Mims that, that takes a big step up here. Hope so. He's getting opportunities. Um, I'd throw a little Jordan Humphrey in there too. Like he's, that's going to be kind of their four man rotation early in the season. And I, he's, he did some nice things. Like the, there were at least a couple plays that he made, especially in that last preseason game. That's probably where he took the job from Marquez Callaway. Yeah. I mean, the the run after the catch ability for a guy that big, it's interesting. They're also doing things like lining him up in tight. And so they'd like throw the screen out. And so he's almost playing like a tight end in a way because he's just so big. But then they'd also run behind him. Um, they you, know what, a, you know what position he played in high school? Tight end? No. Running back. Uh, oh, so running like back, he's yeah. even more comfortable yeah. with the ball in his hand doing those things like behind the line of scrimmage. Yeah, and usually when you think of a receiver who you're trying to just get the ball in their hands, you're thinking of the speed guys, uh, the little guys, but I think there's some of that with little Jordan too. And I think again, it's Sean Payton. Like he he finds ways to use those big receivers and run behind them and have the different screens and do all these different things. Um I, I think that it's those four that are really going to be a factor week one, and then Jerry comes back and if Lil Jordan can hold on to a role, that means he did something right. And I think that Sean really getting in his bag and telling George, George Payton, trust me, I, I know how to work with offensive guys with mm -hmm. skill players. I know how to get the best and the most out of a rookie. Mm -hmm. I know how to get it out of a big man, whether yep. it's Cortland Sutton or Lil Jordan Humphrey. And it just goes back to that question you asked him at the Super Bowl. You said, the, what's one thing that you're most proud of? And again, yeah. Sean's like, oh, you know, there's there's so many things I don't want to point him out. I did have one game, though, where I had four <laughs> undrafted receivers score a touchdown. Sean's very confident, and he yep, should be, he in should. himself and his abilities to draw up plays to have mm -hmm. wide receivers succeed. And I think that this move is just uh, that on a platter. And, and yeah. Sean's just going to um, have to get creative. But if you're going to have to ask any guy to get creative on offense, it's, it's Sean Payton, and mm -hmm. you feel pretty good about that. But this is an interesting thing he's doing. Yeah. Because five wide receivers is like typically the threshold, uh -huh. and Sean went one below. Yeah, he's definitely doing his own thing. And I was talking to uh, some people that practiced yesterday about how different it feels and how many changes he's made. Because, you know, the Broncos went from three, first time 
head coaches, as first yeah. time head yeah. coaches to somebody <laughs> who's had a job for a long time. He knows what he wants. He knows what it's supposed <laughs> to look like. And he knows how to get people in the right direction. So they just, I think everybody's been adjusting to mm -hmm. it, but that just gives, I guess, a testimony to him. No matter what position he's in, he knows what he's doing and how to manage that situation. Well, and, I, and being Sean Payton, like, even if you have all those same ideas as a first time head coach, you can't go in there and say like, here's how we're going to do things. Mm -hmm. Cause people will just be like, wait, you want me to stay how late tonight? Like you, you want us to change what about the facilities? Like they just, you just don't have that clout for Sean Payton to have the vision and for him to be given the opportunity to just do whatever he wants. Like he, it's a great combination. Well, and Todd, I wanna I wanna dive a little bit deeper in that. How these players are feeling? Because we also talked to Kareem Jackson today, who mm -hmm. was going in that same direction. Like, yeah, things are different. I think mm -hmm. he called it yep. a unique training camp. Uh, but first, I gotta tell you about Kind Love. If you need a little break because mm -hmm. you've been working so hard, our friends over at Kind Love can help you out with that. Use the code DNVR, and you're gonna get 25% off when you visit their store in Cherry Creek or in North Denver. That's code DNVR. You're gonna get 25% off all Kind Love flower pre-rolls and their Turbo Joint line, and that Turbo Joint line packs a punch. You can also find their Turbo Core line in a hundred different stores around the state so check them out on their website kindlove.com or in one of their stores in cherry creek or north denver and use that code dnvr for 25 percent off yeah and uh also real quick saw a comment you gotta look into stills he's t hill but better in the end zone or red zone I thought he meant Tyreek Hill. That's what I thought, too. Taysom Hill. Hill. Uh, I was like, what does he possibly have in common with Tyreek Hill? Uh, yeah. I like that we're shortening Taysom to T. Hill. Yeah, he's the he's the one T. Hill. In the league. <laughs> right. um, but also, this Saturday is going to be an incredible day. Mm. I was talking I was talking about out at practice today. I don't I don't drink a whole lot. But Saturday, man, this guy says it all the he time. He says it all the time. Oh, we talk about this he's like he's convincing himself well, of it. No, it's mostly because I'm so excited because I do drink a lot during like See? January through the end of the playoffs here. The but end then, of like, the right playoffs, now, meaning July. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, God, I got to get to the gym. <laughs> and then I get to like decent shape. And it's like, well, it's football season. But the point is, Saturday <laughs> is going to be incredible because I've I have not been drinking a lot. And I'm going to have like again two beers, there maybe even before the game even starts. Wow. I'm going to be feeling it. So, uh, so drinks at 8, 8 a.m. Because game's at 10. Oh, yeah. Well, not two hours. Like I'll we'll get there. Oh, get here like 9, 15. Get a good seat. Bar opens at nine, I believe, right? Nine. Yep. Uh, maybe get here like eight fifty-eight, just to like <laughs> get out in line for the spirit of it, because it's football season. Um, but all of that goes really well with DraftKings Sportsbook, because I'm going to be placing a lot of bets. Typically, my strategy is I like to do, I, I like to pick three bets for the day, and then also parlay all three of them, so four total, and that gives me like a good chance to to like have a big day, because you wind up with like twelve to one odds basically if you hit all three. Um, but it's not a bad day unless you like really miss on all three. Um, but then for Saturday, I'm not sure what my strategy is. I've been trying to figure it out. I might just bet everything I like and celebrate the football's back. Um, but regardless of what your strategy is, make sure that you are on DraftKings Sportsbook because there's so much cool stuff going on right now. If you bet $5 on college football, you get $200 in bonus bets instantly. So if you haven't started betting yet, like for Todd, for example, $5 bet at the start of the day, we'll immediately $200 in your account to just do whatever you want with. And those bonus bets hit right away. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And that's what I'm jealous of because there's your strategy. I get this many bets. 
make all the bets. Maybe second half of the day, like save half the winnings, all the winnings if you want to get crazy. Uh, I'm jealous of all of you guys who get to sign up this week. Um, and make sure you use the code DNVR because that's how you get that deal. As I said, new customers can score $200 in bonus bets instantly when they bet just $5 on college football, only on DraftKings Sportsbook with the code DNVR. The crown is yours. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit Let's restrictions go. apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com uh, oh, slash football terms. Gambling problem? Call or text 1-800-GAMBLER. Boom. Not Perfect. bad. We get to end right there. Not bad. There's no... e easy enough. Yeah. Uh, James Lund in the comment section saying, is Todd part of the podcast daily? If so, I really love it. Of course he is. Yep, I'm here, baby. <laughs> yeah, we love it too. Uh, and I know some people have been asking about Ryan and people yes. are like, wait, you guys said Ryan was still going to be on the pod. He's been on vacation. He has so, been on vacation. Uh, he's still part of the podcast. He's been on vacation, I believe, in South America. Um, he's going to be <laughs> back soon. Now he's doing some business things. But uh, we got the lineup of Todd, yep. Henry, James mm -hmm. Palmer, Alexis Perry, Ryan Koningsberg. Uh, and it's awesome. Zach. And thank Zach. you. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Number really, six. Yeah. I was number you two, number just two. for what it's yeah, worth. Yeah, of course. Henry, you're number two in, in, in our hearts. Wow. <laughs> I'll take it, honestly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a compliment. Um, okay, so you mentioned you talked to some players, and they were kind of saying things are different. Anything that they were kind of hinting at? Uh, no, it's just, I think it's just growing pains. I think similarly to, uh, you know, when I had Coop here and we won the Super Bowl, um, any coach coming after it, if you want to change <laughs> up, everybody's like, we already won a Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I think these guys have been in a, a downslope. So, you know, they have been in some situations where they lose, were losing a lot. So now when Sean's bringing this winning culture, it's just different. You yeah. know, it's just a learning curve that comes with it. Yeah. And Kareem, mm -hmm. like, I, like I mentioned today, he talked about he's been in four training camps. I believe mm -hmm. this is his 15th training camp or his 14th 14, training camp. This is 14 for him. Yeah. Uh, so he's been around a long time. He's seen a lot. And pretty much what Kareem said today, now not his words, but this was the hardest or one of the hardest training camps that he's been around. And uh, I haven't, in my eight years covering the team, I've never seen a training camp where there's a six-day stretch of real practices. Mm -hmm. There's not like a walkthrough on day four. It was yeah. six straight days of practicing, one day off, and then you're back at it for like another four or five. And this is in comparison to last year, yep. where it was two days on, and those two days that were on were not as hard as any of the days that Sean Payton has. And then the third day was a walkthrough, and then typically the players would have the next day off. So this is going from such an easy camp to such a hard camp. Kareem called it old school. Mm -hmm. He referred to uh, Bill Parcells and mm -hmm. just no surprise that it's old school. And it's probably the camp that Sean is absolutely intending to have, not just to get the guys ready for this season. I think Sean's trying to figure out who his guys are yep. on this roster. And there's a reason he's brought in so many Saints. For, for Broncos to pick their brains, uh, for the Saints to help uh, implement the culture here. But then after this season, we're still going to see a lot of turnover on this roster, I think, because yeah. Sean's going to realize, okay, player X, clearly this year is not my type of player, but I can't cut him because he has so much guaranteed mm -hmm. money. But after this year, I'm going to try to trade him or move on from him because this is not my type of guy. And also because you don't really know what your team is until right now. You know, after getting to spend a month coaching and seeing what everybody does and who handles what and where they 
fit in. And so you can't really make all these changes in April or March during free agency because you just don't really know what you have. So there will definitely be a lot of change. Also, I'm fired up about Sills. Not only based on like, I didn't realize that he was the kid that Lane Kiffin gave the scholarship to when he was 12, like the quarterback at the time. Wow. Remember that story? Yeah. yeah I didn't realize that was him. <laughs> Apparently he had like injuries and so he wasn't able to keep playing quarterback or whatever. Um, but you wonder like the, that's, that's the Taysom Hill comp. Um, could you find something? Just, it's just the fact that Sean Payton hmm. signed off on him and anybody that Sean Payton signs off on, it gets you, it gets your brain going. Like you get to be excited about it, and I, part of that is just having a new coach. Like the shine just hasn't worn off. It's like, oh, Sean Payton wants this guy. I bet he's gonna be awesome. Mm-hmm. He is still like a practice squad receiver with a hundred career receiving yards or something. But six foot three, uh-huh. two hundred and eleven pounds. Touchdown once every three point seven catches in college. Dang, that's, that's dope. That is dope. Uh-huh. I don't know. We'll we'll see if he ever actually sees the field. That that that's wild though. It's a, it's yeah. an interesting point though about him potentially maybe mm-hmm. being the Taysom Hill and also played receiver with the Giants last year when Davis Webb was a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Davis Webb now quarterbacks coach signed off on it. Interesting. Yeah, it, it is interesting. Maybe he could be ahead of uh, the guy whose name I forgot again. The receiver who we just talked about, Fat Philip Dorsett. Yes, there yes, we go. yes. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. They maybe, have a bunch of those guys. Maybe his, like you said, we're talking about a guy with 13 career receptions for 123 yards. Um, so someone that Sean's going to have to develop. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about Sean kind of being cutthroat. Um, there was something around the league yesterday that was extremely cutthroat mm-hmm. by another NFL coach, Todd. Yep. Uh, Doug Peterson cut his own son. That's crazy. I feel like you would have to fire me from the staff before I just cut my own kid. I mean, football's a tough business, but I couldn't do it. How do you talk to him at Christmas? Like, what do you say? Like, Thanksgiving is awkward as hell. Like, there's no way I could do that. Do you think there there was some sort of agreement that they talked about beforehand? Like, I'm probably going to have to cut you. You're an undrafted guy. Does that make it better? No. I mean, I hope they had that conversation, but I still think it doesn't make it better. How crazy would it have been if he didn't even know? He just like, oh, your dad wants to see you in his office. <laughs> like, son, I got to let you go, man. You're not, you're not making it do what it do. Like, you got to go. What if, cool. what, if he, what if he did give him a 53-man roster spot and it was clear that he did not deserve it? Would uh, the players in the locker room know that you, it wasn't deserved? Yeah, but who cares? It's my team. I'm the head coach. Don't nobody say nothing to me. Especially Doug Peterson, a Super Bowl winning coach. It's yeah. not like a first time coach, like if Nathaniel Hackett did this. It, Doug Peterson has a lot of power in that building. And, and you, he could have gave him one year. Like, you don't have to keep him there for your whole tenure as the coach. Just give him his first year out. Like, at least that. So y'all can have some yep. cool stories together. Like, <laughs> yeah. he don't even got to see the field. Just at least he's on the team. So he was he was undrafted in 2021. He's been in training camps the last couple of years, but hasn't gotten a practice squad spot. Played for the Houston Gamblers last year. Mm, yeah. His dad took a gamble on him this year. His dad took a gamble. Did it pay off? Pay what off? if his dad told him that? Man, <laughs> son, I took a gamble on you, and you really flopped yeah. on me. Should have used that roster spot somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> they did, and they did. <laughs> uh, how, how important is the 53rd spot on the roster? Um, well, I think if you're a guy that – if you're a guy that's teetering, it's important because it gives you uh, confidence – but I think if you're also a guy, I think that, like I was, that although I was on the practice squad, I knew they were calling me up. Right. I think you're just mad that 
you guys didn't switch places. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, yeah. I think I was the odd man out based off of like losing running backs and stuff. And right. I just wish it could have been somebody else. Oh. Yeah. Even though yeah. I knew I was going to be back on the team. Because those checks are a lot different on the practice oh, squad compared yeah. to on the 53. Once you get one, you never want to go back. Oh, no. I, I was talking to one of the practice squad guys last year. And it was at the point where like the season had gone to shit, all that sort of stuff. And I was like, yeah, I mean, Austin get like the check though last week. And he was like, yeah, definitely. Like if I just get one more game check the rest of the season, uh-huh. I'm happy. Like yeah. if I get one more, then I'm in good shape. And I was like, yeah, I guess that makes sense. Cause it's like four times. One game check yeah. is like four times what you would make on the practice squad. Yeah. Just imagine that. I mean like what? So you get like 17 checks. So, I mean, it's basically like the normal worker who gets two checks a month. Put in perspective. Like mm-hmm. you just one of your paychecks winds up being four times its size just out of nowhere. Yeah. And but every week you know there's a chance. Ugh. And what is it's like seven thousand dollar minimum for practice squad a week. Mm-hmm. So I mean practice squad for a normal mm-hmm. person's incredible. Yep. But then you're in that building and you you see it. Yeah. You, you yep. feel that that game check is just right there. Now, in terms of a team, how important is that fifty-third? spot on the roster like when a, a, how how important is that 53rd player to a coach um i say to, as a, if, i'll talk about the team first so like as players i don't know if we think about it i think we think huh. about especially as a starter you're thinking about the 11 11 and then maybe whoever's backing you up directly right and yeah. like whoever's starting on special teams uh but to a coach i think they see that person as a valuable asset that they couldn't let go of somebody yeah. that can at mm-hmm. some point within the course of the season um, really take hold and re- maybe make a name for themselves within the team. But I wanted to t- talk about an interesting point about checks, man. Like, you always <laughs> got to stay in your lane. You got to know where you fit on the roster. And, you know, you may be getting a good check on practice squad. Um, then you get on a game day check. And then you happen to see one of uh, Peyton Manning or Von Miller's check. And you realize, I'm not doing nothing over here. Like, <laughs> so that's why you can't try to keep with the Joneses in the locker right, room. Right, like, right. That's the number one thing. Like, Stay in your lane. Do what you do. Don't try to buy a car every yeah. time a starter buys a car. <laughs> yeah. Like you go buy some shoes or something. Like it's not the same. It's not the same. Money is very different in the locker room. Yeah, you you can buy a car that's a fiftieth of the price that Von Miller just For sure. bought. Something For sure. like that. Oh. You, 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 because and in reality, it's these guys are getting. Uh, an awesome opportunity to be set for the rest of their life. Mm-hmm. So many of them, not not all of them with these contracts, but uh, and then set their families up and their grandkids up for the rest of their life. Um, and if they're smart about it, they have that opportunity right there in their hands. But then if you do try to keep up with like, I think it's like 10% of the league makes 90% of the money yep. or, or yep. something like that because quarterbacks, left tackles, pass rushers get these massive mm-hmm. deals. And Von Miller, you know, uh, Aaron Donald getting paid $30 million this year. There's going to be other defensive linemen in his room that are getting paid $900,000. Exactly. Which is a ton of money, but it's it's less than a 30th of what Aaron's getting paid. Yeah, some of those game checks, like, even as a, uh, even if you make it on to the game day roster, like, it would take you, (laughs) it would take you, like, (laughs) 10 years to make... What Peyton Manning made in in a week, <laughs> yeah. like it's, yeah. you gotta understand, it's different, man. It's very different. So the smallest or the minimum practice squad salary, two hundred and two thousand dollars this year. Justin Herbert has the biggest salary; he makes fifty two and a half million. Yep. Is that cash? Uh, that's a, I guess that's average per year. Okay. So yeah. I mean, it, that's over, fair. over time, cash. Yeah. But yeah, 
That's 262 times. So for every <laughs> dollar you make, he gets $262. Yep. That's a big difference. That is wild. I wonder what the difference is at DMV. Like, just, I'm just trying to put my salary in perspective. Right, 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 right. Spano would have to be rich. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> if he's making like, 252 <laughs> times more. <laughs> hey, that, like, may, that, that means you're making some good money over there. Unbelievable. <laughs> that would be unbelievable amount of money. That is why. He'd be making less than Justin Herbert, though. Hmm. Unless you're making I mean, $900,000. I guess that is true. It is definitely less. <laughs> that is definitely less. <laughs> but, uh, wow. That's a really good point, though. And, I, and I, guess, I guess in, like, uh, in uh, big corporations, mm-hmm. CEOs probably do make 252 yeah. times more um, than, you know, the, the lowest employee at the company. Okay, I'm not lowest. <laughs> I, didn't, I wasn't talking about you. I didn't say okay. you. I wasn't okay. talking about you. I was, ta- I was talking about like Peyton Manning compared uh-huh. to a practice squad guy. Uh, but the difference there mm-hmm. is the, the CEO probably rarely or never interacts yep. with the lowest yeah. paid person where you guys are literally right all there. in one locker room. You yep. fly on the set. You're around each other all it's the time. On the you, field. you live the same life, maybe not lifestyle, but life with each other. Exactly. And you could be playing together you could be literally yeah. lined up yeah. as a d tackle undrafted free agent playing next to vaughn making plays with him but he's making 200 times what you're <laughs> making and you just gotta live with it and i think that's the hardest part about being an undrafted free agent is that you didn't get any money up front yeah. but if you come and show that you have the ability to pay to play they still don't have to pay you for three more years yeah. like i was a starter for two years before i ever got like an a starter check. Yeah. So it's like yeah. It's, yeah. you're just giving your body away, <laughs> yeah. trying to make all these plays, but at the same time, you're not making the bread you want to make. Right. It's tough. Yeah. Well, and that's a weird thing because it was like 2011. They changed the CBA so that rookies, like draft picks, didn't get the the contracts they got before. Thirty like, million dollars signing bonuses. <laughs> yeah. And, so now yeah. you waste the four years, but then you get even more money because those people, like that's just the way the money is split. That's it's messed up. Hank, are you an advocate for bringing that back? Definitely. Because, I, I mean, right now, the way it works is either you have an all-time great quarterback uh-huh. or you have a quarterback on a rookie contract. And that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. But those are the kind of the only paths to winning a Super Bowl right mm-hmm. now because you have to be able to spend money elsewhere. You look through Super Bowl winners like there's a couple like, you know, Stafford gets one, but Stafford's not making the ridiculous money. You know, he's he's in that like. I mean, forty million dollar tier, which is a ridiculous <laughs> amount of money. But but it's it's different. I think when than he like, won though, he wasn't though. I think he was still on like the twenty five million per year, and then they paid him been. right after. Yeah. So so you go back through though, and and there's just this huge disparity that either it's Mahomes that wins it, or it's Tom Brady who wins it, or it's it's Peyton who wins it. Yep. But even Peyton, I mean, there's that cutoff. It's like twelve and a half percent of the cap. If more than that's going to the quarterback, you're only going to win if it's Mahomes or Brady. And right now there's like half the league's quarterbacks are making more than that. So you just have to have a cheap quarterback. It would just balance the league out so much if, if players weren't going from making $5 million to making $50 million in mm-hmm. one year. You a fan of that, of allowing, taking the rookie pay scale away and allowing rookies to, before they've ever played it down in the NFL, to get paid just boatloads? I think that, they, I think that they're going to have to. I think 
with the NIL deals, like guys are going to feel like, why do I need to come to the, to the league? I can stay in college. I can make a lot of money. I'm mm-hmm. getting paid. Like there's not going to be that same incentive that I got to go to the league to feed my family and, you know what I'm saying, change my life. I could do it right here in college. Mm-hmm. So I feel like they're going to have to go back to that to kind of pull guys away from staying for four years or five years with the red shirt. Like yep. guys are going to want to stay in the league. I mean, stay in college mm-hmm. instead of coming to the league to make less. And you know that every running back in the league is going to be pushing for that. Mm-hmm. Every one of them, when it comes time to negotiate the CBA, is going to the Players Association saying like, hey, this is what we really need. Like early or get money for these rookies either that way or some other way. But maybe they won't push too hard because they they're no longer rookies like that's what makes it so hard to 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 go back um just because why would any player who already has a contract say that now these rookies should get a bigger cut of all the money we get because that's only going to decrease the pay for the people already in the league so it almost has to be like the nfl that pushes for it because they need to be the ones who try to poach the players well and here's it'll be interesting here's why the nfl would push for that mm-hmm. is if arch manning mm-hmm. he's yeah. like making 13 million dollars uh-huh. i think a year mm-hmm. at texas from nil deals he's gonna take a pay cut exactly. when he comes into the nfl with this rookie pay scale so let's say there's arch manning yep. and then uh, he decides to no i'm gonna stay in college for a few years and then there's another big name quarterback that says the exact same thing it's it's not like 200 college players are all going to say, no, nah, we're just going to stay in college because mm-hmm. there's not that yeah. type of NIL money around. It's the big name guys, yep. especially Arch Manning, who we've been talking about for, what, two years now? Yep. And he's mm-hmm. still years away. So it's going to be the NFL missing on these big names. And I understand the college guys who are getting paid more than they're getting paid in the NFL. Why would you leave? Exactly. It's college, too. Yep. It, it's easier. It's yeah. probably more fun to an extent, especially if you have money. Yeah, I think it's, it has to be the big names that really move the needle. I think very mm-hmm. similarly to being in the NFL, like everybody wants guaranteed paychecks, but if the big names, the quarterbacks aren't asking for it, they're never going to get it. Yep. Like they have to be the right. ones that move the needle because, and I don't blame them. They, I don't need guaranteed money. I have 200 million guaranteed. That's enough. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. you don't have to guarantee the other 20. Yeah. Like you give me 200. Well, like, sounds good to me. Yeah, <laughs> so they don't care. So I don't think it'll, it won't happen until. You know, like a big name decides yeah. to move the needle. That's another weird one, too, because obviously, like every other league gets the guaranteed money. But the flip side is, you know, if say say you get like uh, like Alex Singleton, he gets the three years, 18 million dollars, so six million a year. But about, I guess, two years in, they can move on from him. Mm-hmm. And instead of getting like the six million for that year, he winds up with about a million from that year. And so. It, you don't love that from Alex's perspective, but on the team side, if you have to guarantee that salary, then maybe instead of saying three years, 18 million, you say, well, fully guaranteed, we'll give you three years, 12 million. And so there is that flip side where the guaranteed salaries would be lower, but at least you have that clarity of knowing I get the money that I signed up for. Right. That's it. That's another just like weird conversation, but I don't know when the CBA is up. I think it's fairly soon, right? Yeah, because we bought it a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah, it'd be coming up soon. But that's gonna be another one of those conversations that's got to happen. When you look at the NBA, MLB, mm-hmm. all guaranteed money there. Yeah, yep. NHL is that guaranteed as well? Yeah, uh, and so the NFL, the only big sport uh, yeah. in America that it's not guaranteed money, and the owners love that. They love the it. owners <laughs> love it <laughs> definitely. But the thing is, I mean, the amount of money teams spend from year to year won't change, but just the structure of how it gets paid out will. 
Mm-hmm. So if, if one guy would have normally gotten cut to save that money, that means that money is no longer going to a different player. It yeah. just it, it changes the landscape a little bit. And it makes sense to want guaranteed money just because you know what you sign up for. But right. Right. No, there's it, that flip side. It, it definitely Contracts makes sense. Get smaller. Yeah. 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 Uh, and, but you don't have to have CEO Peyton Manning type of money to check out our friends over at Shady so Rays. True. You use the code DNVR and you're going to get 50% off two or more pairs of sunglasses over at Shady Rays. They're already very, very affordable. And you're going to get 50% off by using the code DNVR. So check out Shady Rays. Go to shadyrays.com to view all so many sunglasses i mean hundreds of pairs of sunglasses and they have over five star reviews two hundred and fifty thousand mm-hmm. times that's wow. wild so check them out over at shadyrays.com use that code dnvr and check out breckenridge brewery it's the official beer of the DM- dnvr um they they're a great beer i know that we have some on tap oh, here yeah. um I got to drink more beer i'm really like a tequila guy <laughs> but i definitely want to tap into this breckenridge brewery saturday <laughs> Saturday. That's might the not, day. Might take a tour of all of them. Yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> Break brew. No. Oh, no, no. That's, why, <laughs> that's why you get like two or three. Then you're good to go. Exactly. You know, they've been doing it for over 32 years. They have a beer for any occasion. And there's no better way to watch a game than having some Breck brew. They have tons of flavors. Um, they're made with 100% renewable energy. They have the Mile High, City Golden Ale, the Christmas Ale, Buddy Pass, Avalanche Amber Ale, Vanilla Porter Jr. Oof. That's just to name a few. Oh. I mean, Breckenridge Brew has it all, so go and check them out. Check them out, mm. and let's check out the comment section. Yeah. CBA expires in 2030, so. A little, well, little time. Yeah. Well, we you got were a right. It was it, and, and then. a couple years ago is when the new one kicked in. So yeah. yeah, yeah. Man, though, yeah, those are 10 years, aren't they? How much did you pay attention to those? Like when the negotiations going on? I mean, I, I did. I feel like got, a lot of guys didn't vote. Like huh. in the voting process, you, I believe there it. was a lot of a lot of votes not even cast. I believe so it. So I don't know why. It just wasn't as important to guys as I feel like it should have mm-hmm. because if we did give up a lot and then we didn't really get a lot in return. Right. And I feel like, especially with the NFL, I feel like we maybe we should have held out for guaranteed money. Yeah. And I don't even think that was on the table. Because it's not like the players come up with this, the NFLPA right. and all their representatives that come up with the different topics. But I feel like every year there's certain topics that should be on there that aren't. And yeah. I don't know mm-hmm. how, you know, we really push and move the needle um, without the big name players moving yep. it for us. Yeah. So. And those big name players are getting $50 million a year. So mm-hmm. they're like, why would I push it over here? Yeah. Yeah. I'm good. good. Seems you like see my bank good. account? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> my financial advisor tells me everything's good. Um, and so you're right. I mean, when uh, the big names are taken care of, mm-hmm. the uh, 90% of players that really get impacted by this stuff, they just don't really mm-hmm. have that much of a say. Yeah, they're like, it's like kings worrying about what the peasants are eating. Yeah, like, yeah, I'm in yeah. the palace. Like, yeah. I hope you guys are good down there, <laughs> yeah. but it's not up to me. And man. then you take it you know a hundred steps further when you go from that step from the lower players to the highest paid players you go a hundred steps further when you take it from those high paid players to the owners Uh and they're just on a whole different level and obviously they're on the other side of this that's a different world yeah that's what yeah and that's one of the things they take care of the players when they're done you know that's that's the big thing from owners is just like how do you treat the former players like do you take care of them for the next 40 50 years whatever it is after they play yeah. So Pat I, Bowen was great. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this ownership is to, like, I would say that even, well, I recently retired, but I felt the difference 
uh, from this year as the or this year, mm-hmm. last year, and years prior. Like they've done a lot. You see, I've been in the building a lot. They yeah. definitely do a lot to bring guys back, and they said that it's important to them to have you know guys come back and, and around and to provide opportunities for them. So, shout out to the uh, yes. to the owners and the Broncos organization, man, for keeping us tight, keeping us close. Um, and still keeping it like a family, so I appreciate that. That could have been really easy for a new ownership group to come in and just wipe all of that out mm-hmm. and say, mm-hmm. yeah, that was the past ownership, um, and we're about the future. Mm-hmm. And you know what? It probably That probably wouldn't have got too much negative feedback because the number of former players that are around is so small compared uh-huh. to just like, the rest of the population in Colorado. So it probably wouldn't have got a lot of run, mm-hmm. um, but it, it is really good that, that they, that they mm-hmm. took that, not just kept it, but took it to another step. Yeah, yep. they've even hired like new positions that weren't there, like just for the ability to reach out, bring guys back um, and put them close to the team. So. Yeah, That's awesome. and now you don't even have to act like media when you're there. I know, I'd be trying to pick and us. choose. Like if Sean's at the podium, I'm like, oh, he don't like media. I'm, I'm not media today, I'm just an ex-player. Yeah, smart. <laughs> yeah. It makes sense. That, like, bring in TD to tell him why, like, his story of how he made the team through special teams. Like, just have that in a team meeting. Like, those sorts of things are how you connected to the history. I don't know. Like, it, it just seems like it'd be so easy for a player to kind of go in and take their paycheck and say, like, yeah, things are good. I get my money. Like, that's why I'm here. But by bringing former players in, you kind of keep those standards high. Mm-hmm. It's like, this is what we did. This is what we expect. Yeah. Like, having Steve Atwater walk around with Super Bowl rings every day, that makes a difference. It does. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's get into the comment section. Do we have any Super Chats, Alyssa? No Super Chats. So let's jump into the comments. First one coming in from, oh, we do have one. Coming oh. in from Josh Johnson, just on time, says, with us running the ball more, do you think we will see more play-action bootlegs to get tight ends and receivers open in space like the old Shanahan days would be nice? Yeah, I think we see a lot of that. I think we saw a little bit in the preseason, but that's going to be their bread and butter. Yep. Um, besides running that rock, it's going to be bootlegs, wags, really getting Russ outside the pocket. Doesn't have to look over powers and Cushionberry, he can kind of get, <laughs> yeah. get out of there and find over receivers um and i think we have a lot of guys that are actually good especially jerry judy at running away from coverage like you yes. get a guy on a boot you got to try and stay with him as he crosses the field and i think jerry wins that matchup so i look for them to, to use it a lot absolutely i mean that's just what they should be best at like that's get get russ out of the pocket has been the formula that we've all known for so long i think that's definitely what they're gonna do i i feel like there's some crazy numbers with sean in play action but i can't remember what they are this would be a good time to remember those yeah it i'll look be. them up for yeah, next time yeah, there yeah. We, and it also makes it easier for us i mean it, mm-hmm. it, it cuts the field in half mm-hmm. um and then it gives him he's already moving so it gives them him that opportunity just to run and take off if he needs to so todd i think you said it the best that, that that's going to be the bread and butter of the broncos all right hubiak coming in on the website says todd this may have been asked before, but what made you get into media? I'm sure you could have gone to any outlet. Why DNVR? Truthfully, um, DNVR, DNVR is the best media outlet. Um, I think if you listen to anybody um, that's in the media, they want to be here. They're sad they can't be here <laughs> um, because they do the best job of covering sports. And I like the atmosphere. I like the vibe. Um, I've done some other suit and tie uh media and i love to take my suit off every once in a while (laughs) and just chill and talk sports man i think that's what it's all about 
And uh, yeah, I love I love being here, and I think it's been fun. Well, we definitely love that you're definitely. here. It's a blast. Perfect. Makes us seem cooler. Bronco and SD says, "Wow, we only kept four receivers. I honestly love it." To me, it says Sean has a standard and knows what it takes to be a successful NFL wide receiver. If those people aren't in the room, we will go get them, but we will not settle for less. The only question now is, do we hit the waiver wire or trade for one? Who are some names on the target list? Is there someone coming in to save them? I don't think so. I think we've already gone. I, th- I think that that's, again, it's the new NFL. You know, it, it's not it's not 53-man roster. It's a 69-man roster, which mm-hmm. is hilarious, and I love it. Um, but yeah, you Technically get to play for the Broncos. It's 70. It is 70 because so this was a confusing point for me. So Haggai Ndebuisi, I'm not say. good at his name. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully we get to say his name more and we have to learn it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so he's he's from the Wait, NFL. Why didn't you say his middle name? Uh, Haggai Chisholm. Yeah. Oh. He doesn't have the L in it, which is a little different. <laughs> Um, we do not. Yeah, I don't. I don't know how he wound up with the name Chisholm. There's, you guys are related, least, man. I guess yeah. we must be. How did but you yeah. end up with the name Chisholm? Maybe it's a better Scottish. question. Yeah, oh, well, <laughs> just, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just goes back. Uh, but yeah, so he came through for the NFL's foreign player pathway program. I mm-hmm. think is what it's called. So basically, they have these big camps in Africa. They bring in a whole bunch of athletes, guys like Haggai. Who is uh what six six and three hundred and something pounds? Very big, big yeah. dude. Uh-huh. Um, and they say, well, your ninety man roster is now a ninety one man roster if you bring him on your team, and your practice squad isn't just sixteen people; it's seventeen people. And obviously, like he's raw because they don't play much football over there. Um, so I was confused today. I was like, wait, he made the practice squad despite playing like he played four snaps in the second preseason mm-hmm. game. Uh-huh. So it's like, well, that doesn't happen. But turns out you get the extra spot. So. He'll be out there. And I guess if you're a coach, that's got to be nice. Like, if you if you know that, you know, you want, say, eight, nine, say, nine defensive linemen, three lines of three during your 90-man roster, just say, like, well, we probably don't have nine guys we think have a chance to make the roster. Right. No offense to him, but we just get to use a free spot there and keep another guy somewhere else. Yeah. 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 And, and there's that incentive for teams to do that. Yeah. So huh. that wasn't really the answer to the question, <laughs> but that was the story of the – defensive lineman yeah no and that's why it's good question because i'm sure some people are going to say 17 guys on a 16-man practice squad how does that happen nick scott comes in and says interesting thought i had when the ravens cut melvin gordon he's been picked up on their practice squad by the way better Uh, not be bringing back uh, i don't think that's (laughs) happening he says oh man todd's not gonna like this one who is the more disliked player in broncos recent history between juan james and melvin gordon I won't let you answer that, uh, Todd. <laughs> yeah, you guys can take it. I know. Over. It's got to be tough being, like, teammates with a lot of these guys. Uh-huh. Because you can't – like, you don't want to just bash them, but then the fans have different opinions of guys. And yeah. That's, that's a weird situation. I mean, those are two interesting players because mm-hmm. one played a lot of football for the Broncos yep. and played a lot of good football for the Broncos. Melvin yeah, Gordon he did. led the team in rushing yards, led the team in touchdowns, um, was – maybe the biggest part of their offense for two years. Um, But then, of course, off the field, just it was tough for him coming into a situation where Philip Lindsay, a hometown kid, the underdog, everyone wanted to root for him. And Melvin Gordon comes in and gets paid a lot of money and then kind of is taking carries away from Phil. So uh, and then, of course, really at the end of his Mm -hmm. time here, all the fumbles started to pile up. But Mm -hmm. Melvin did play a lot of good football here. He also made a lot of mistakes with the fumbles. Mm-hmm. Juwan James played 77 total snaps with yeah. the Broncos 
and signed like That's a seventy million dollar deal. Yeah, he got paid, <laughs> um, and that was just the total opposite. Yeah. There was no bad football played. There was no good football played. There's barely football played. Yep, and they. I think the Broncos finally stopped taking the cap hit this season. Last year, they still had like $5 million reserved for Juwan James, which is pretty crazy considering how things played out. But yeah, like personally, I loved Melvin. Like I I had a lot of fun talking to him. Like he was, you just had a great personality. Fun guy. Yeah. yeah. Like there was the day I just decided to write the Uno belt story after it went missing. It turns out Brian McManus just stole <laughs> the championship Uno belt. Like, and Melvin was the one who like set up the whole Uno tournament that went on every week and bought the belt. And yeah, like I was, I had a lot of fun in the locker room with Melvin. And yeah, he leaned into some of that stuff. But he's yeah. a good guy. I think they're both good guys. I mean, uh, Juwan, I don't blame his. That's a business decision. Yeah. That's, and they yeah. told you you're making a hundred grand each pod, no matter if you come <laughs> in. If you have a sore throat, are you even worried about like I'm? No, I'm not no. coming yeah. in. You're gonna pay me regardless. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you don't want to yeah. hear this anyway. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. yeah, that was a business decision. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, it was a good business decision. He got paid. He sure did. Uh, Bronco Tis says, interesting question. Could a team reclaim the player they added to waivers? Like, could the Bears wave Justin Fields, then say psych and claim him since they had the first claim on the waiver wire? They could. Hmm. Yeah, I guess you could oh, claim your own guy. So the idea would be that since you have the number one claim, you could waive him, save your 53-man roster spot, claim him, and then you get him the next day, in theory, after you use, like, you put somebody through to the uh, injured reserve list. Uh-huh. I guess in theory, it depends on how the timing syncs up. If those claims go through before you're allowed to put somebody on injured reserve, which I'm not sure if they do or not. Technically, the Broncos haven't put anyone on injured reserve yet. So I don't know if so they're just taking not. their time or if you have to wait 24 hours yeah. after making cuts or something. That is an interesting... It could be a perk if you're the number one team. But only the number one team gets to exactly. do that. Yeah. Yeah. Which is the worst team in the NFL. Yep, Next so one. probably not too many players you're worried about keeping. Nope, nope. Are they, that- I mean, they, they claimed six guys today. The Cardinals did. Cardinals did. Yeah, I think Bears got three. My guys, something like that. Yeah, I think so. Arvada Luke says, I don't know if this was the intended effect, but after listening to the pod yesterday, I felt better about the Albert O trade. Yes, he was trending up, and we're excited about his blocking, but Nate Atkins is already much closer to being the complete tight end while also being in his first year. Maybe he doesn't have the same physical tools, but is that difference worth the roster spot? And we traded Albert O to a place he can't really hurt us. Sorry (laughs) about your precious precious Chiefs loss, Hank. Come on. Like, what are we doing here? The cliche is that it takes three years to evaluate draft picks. As a Broncos fan, I'd argue that it takes three years and a competent coaching staff. I'm really excited to see how George Payton's draft picks look under this coaching staff. Which George Payton draft picks do you think will flash the most under Sean Payton? Mm. So you go back to the Uh, Pat Sertan draft. That was George Payton's first draft. Pat will flash. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> I'm that one. Uh, Javante Williams. Yep. Yeah. Another great pick. Oh, he'll be. Yeah. He's. I mean, if you're a running back, if you're any offensive player, you love playing for Sean Payton. Who helped me out the rest of this draft <laughs> class? Um, uh, Baron so, Browning on defense. Yep. Quinn Miners on offense. Yeah. Do you think Sean helps him? I mean, is there a coach in the NFL who loves guards more than Sean Payton? I'm not sure how much that changes, but I mean, George Payton really had a solid draft class last year. Like that was a. That was a good class. I think mm-hmm. there's a lot of That's guys a great that group. Yeah, that added because most of the time you miss at least twice. I right. don't feel like he really missed last year. Was that that was the Jonathan Cooper class? Um Pat's Pat's draft. Yeah. Yeah. George yeah. Payton's first draft was so Jonathan Cooper. You've got Jonathan Cooper in the seventh round mm-hmm. there. Yeah. Who like I know it's 
mostly hype right now, but he's also already started 14 games, which I've said like a dozen times on this podcast. But that's crazy for a seventh round pick through two years. And that's the only true draft class that you can judge George Payton on right yep. now is because not only is this now year three for those guys, but it's also the only draft that he had a first and a second round pick. Uh-huh. Like yeah. last year, uh, George didn't have a first round pick because of the Russell Wilson trade. This year, he mm-hmm. didn't have a first round pick because of the Russell Wilson or because of the Sean Payton trade. So he hasn't had full draft classes to work with. Also, so, also Stearns in the fifth round of that class. Yep, that yeah. was good. Again, is probably more hype right now just because he's had his injuries, but seems like a great pick. No, I they think, say he can play. I'm talking to some guys on the field and guys that play um, alongside him and beside him. And he can play. So yeah, it's good to uh, see. I'm excited. I, I think week one, and this is changing my tune of how I felt. I think the starter, the technical starter, is going to be Kareem Jackson. Mm-hmm. I think um, whether it's trust factor, whether it's to give the veteran the the kind of nod, and I think that's how it'll be for for mm-hmm. the beginning of the season. But I wouldn't be surprised at some point if Caden does take that step up. And you got to think about the the opponent too. Like when you're playing the Raiders, they're gonna want to get the two tight ends. Michael Meyer, the rookie, first round pick should have been a first round pick if he wasn't. And then uh, the guy who's a Saint Austin Hooper, mm-hmm. like that's what they want to do. They want to go heavy. They want to run with Josh Jacobs. Not he's back. Like that's just a Cream Jackson situation. If you're gonna be playing a, a lot in that three four, and I think they probably cheat into the like nickel a lot, like a big nickel with all three of those safeties, just because they can all play the run so well. I don't know. But I do think Kareem is a good fit for that game, especially. Yeah. Yeah, man. I can't wait to get into Raiders talk next week. And final question here. If we weren't able to get to your questions, just leave them on tomorrow's pod so we can talk about them tomorrow. The count coming in and says the roster moves and lack thereof lead me to believe this is going to be a run first team. Your thoughts? Love the count. Yeah, I think it is. I think Sean Payton has always loved the run game. Mm -hmm. And once again, he's going to lean on it. I think that's the one thing that's going to help. Russell Wilson, I know last year was bad, but the they looked the best when the run game was working, you yeah. know, um, and he was able to really counter off of that and play off of that. So definitely it's going to be probably a run-first team, I think. Yeah, I mean, we all thought it was going to be a run-first team coming into camp. Then you lose Tim Patrick and K.J. Hamler, and you also probably don't have Jerry Judy for the first couple weeks. That's going to be a run-first team at the start of the season. And on top of that, the offensive line you built in the offseason is way better at run-blocking than pass-blocking, and that Mm -hmm. has been confirmed in the (laughs) preseason and in training camp. So Sean's not going to want to put Russ back there, especially going up against Max Crosby and Chandler Jones, but really Max Crosby, uh, Crosby. who has destroyed the Broncos in recent years. You don't want to have Russ week one just getting hit left and right. So, yeah, Yeah. this is going to be a run-first team to start we're going to run on out of here. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Hit us with a thumbs up. We really appreciate all of the support. And tomorrow, we'll see you again for, it's going to be a fun pod. We're predicting the Broncos record, so tune in tomorrow. Flying cotton